Welcome to episode 13 of Digital Digital Get Down. Lucky number 13. Sure. We are drinking a... Wine. Yes, wine. A Sauvignon Blanc from Western Australia today. It has hints of alcohol, I taste. More than a hint of alcohol. <laughs> this one has gooseberry. Yeah. Mm. Crowd favorite. So, what have we been up to this week? Um, lots of stuff. We finished The Leftovers, but I'm not allowed to talk about it yet, correct? We're talking about that later. Okay. You finished a book that you hated, that you're upset about. Pretty devastated. This is now the third male author, another reason to just quit male authors in general, Mm -hmm. that I've loved one book of theirs Mm -hmm. and gotten super aroused about the release of their next book. And the cover that you just had to have in in your hands, touch it with your fingers. made me get interested in hardcovers again, so don't... I could be kindling all this shit. Okay. Um, so this is the third time in a row now. It happened with um, James Renner, who wrote uh, Man from Primrose Lane. That's not Hawkeye. No. Okay. Uh, his uh, next book after that was awful. Paul Murray, you hated Skippy Dies, but I liked Ooh, that I hated other that one. that book. Uh, his latest book was awful. His first book was awful, honey. I'm sorry. Skippy uh, Dies was terrible. And now Ron Curry... We used to be called Ron Curry Jr., but I guess he doesn't care about whoever his father is anymore. <laughs> like, what does that mean when you drop a junior? I don't know. Did he die? Uh, so I liked his first two books. You, I did not like flimsy plastic yeah, we things. Can, we can sense the trend that you're describing. Yeah. And his new one, beautiful cover, pretty good name, The One-Eyed Man, saw all five-star reviews on Amazon. So I said, yep, get me the hardback. Get it shipped to Australia, and I'll just lap it up. Mm-hmm. And it took me two weeks to lap it up, and it was horrible. Go to bookdigits.com to read my scathing D-minus review. Yeah, that's... I mean, you're a pretty tough grader, a tough critic, yeah. but even that's bad for you. Yeah. So I'm done with men. Okay. <laughs> men or men books? Books mm-hmm. written by men. We'll see. I also started watching Vice Principals Without You from HBO. Okay. Because I still can't decide how good HBO is. I complain about Netflix a lot, and I always think, like, oh, HBO is, like, the standard of golden age of television or whatever. Yeah, like pay-per-view kind of. Or yeah. Pay, no, not pay-per-view. Pay yes. to watch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Subscription um, services. You got it. There we go. So we finished The Leftovers, and I was trying to think, you know, do we really need HBO? What Other than Game of Thrones, I know. Uh, but, like, what else? Which comes out this week. A week from today. Is the next season debut. Yeah. Yeah. So we had finished Silicon Valley and I had finished Veep, which were both kind of meh in the most recent season. And so I was just, you know, clicking around on their uh, their web player. You're doing two HBO shows in a row. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, continue. Yeah, we're so snotty. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Vice Principals is, you know who Danny McBride is, right? Yes. Yeah, so he really only has like Does a... Does he have like a gross rat tail? Not in this one. So you're thinking he has of a rat Kenny tail. Powers, I think, when he was the baseball player. Uh, he spun it down. was a decent. Was a pretty oh, good show. Yeah, that yeah. Sam Rowe, right? Yes. Okay. So he's basically doing the same kind of uh, I don't know shtick. Shtick, yeah, exactly. But as a vice principal, uh, the first episode I did not laugh once, and I was ready to like write it off completely. And then I watched 
couple more this weekend, and I did chuckle a bit. So it's only nine episodes total, but I'm still, yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little bullish on HBO being the, uh, the golden age of television. Okay. Okay. Anything else from this week? No, that's it. I know I mentioned once upon a time that I was cautiously optimistic about um, television being better from my perspective, and now I think I've lost all hope of everything. Because of the leftovers? Yeah, we'll get into that. Okay. So, are we going to jump right into... Good news. Bad I news. forgot to tell you this. I'm going to tell what? you live on the podcast. Okay. Elizabeth... You're pregnant. What? No! <laughs> Elizabeth, her shout-out of this week's episode... Oh. Had that little jingle stuck in her head the other day, she told me. Good. Good news. And she was like, what is that from? And mm. realized it was from our podcast. Wow. We're making a difference. Yeah, we are making a difference. We are touching people's lives. Can I give you my Harry Potter weird trivia of the week? Okay. It doesn't really fit into a news segment. But this okay. was courtesy of Reddit. Not that I check it that often, but it just popped up. And uh, it was about how they remind me... Um, Voldemort's real name spells out I am Voldemort. Yeah, but different in different languages. Is yeah. that what you're going to say? Yeah, did you know and about that? And his middle name in the French books has to be Elvis? Yes. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. And um, in Spanish, it's not that different. Mm-hmm. But it has to be... Uh, it's like Riddle is spelled with a Y. And it's like Tom Morvolo Riddle with a yeah. Y. Because it's like Soy Tom Riddle instead right, of right, I right. am Tom, yeah. Tom Riddle. So I just wanted to give a shout out to translators everywhere. Yeah. Like, J.K. gets all the credit, but people had to put that book into all different tribal languages in Africa, I'm sure. <laughs> and figure out which things to change and which things to just leave as a weird magic word. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Okay. Now on to real good news. Okay. Do you want me to go? Um, I was I was a little short on good news and on bad news this week. It wasn't that good. Well, everyone back home basically took the week off. So I'll go first because mine's okay. related to that because it was 4th of July. Okay. So I'm going to say good news. Joey Chestnut. The guy, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, did he choke on a hot dog and die finally? No. I just, yeah, I could care less about the actual hot dog eating contest. But the guy has won it 10 years in a row now. That is consistency. In this age of millennial snowflakes where people cannot keep a goddamn job. Next time you say snowflake for... on this podcast, I'm <laughs> dumping your entire <laughs> bottle of wine onto your head. Um, yeah, I just think that shows a lot of stamina. Commitment. Commitment. He's all very bettering society. True American values. Oh, I disagree with all of that that you've just said. Most of that was said tongue firmly within cheek, okay. but... Yeah, that's all I got. That's all that you have for good news? That's the only good thing was that um, eating are, contests still exist. My things are kind of small this week. No major rants. Mm-hmm. Um, one good thing is that China is building a massive solar farm in the shape of a panda. Okay. It was really cute. I'll see if I can... Is that particularly efficient or just going to make make Google it's Earth? It's 250 acre solar farm. So it's huge, okay. but it's shaped like a giant panda. Is that? Oh, it does look like a panda. <laughs> Looks like See? a kung fu panda. Making people happy and being energy efficient. Well, yeah, we were just doing some Google Earthing just before this. And I, I flipped over to North Korea because I thought the big thing was that you couldn't see North Korea from Google Earth, and then we could see it, and it was very anticlimactic. You probably just can't see it from America. You think because we're coming like, through Australian IP? Yeah. Mm. Either that, or they're just doing it as a test, and now they're going to come bomb our apartment specifically because uh, you've okay. been spying on them. That makes sense. Anyways, it's a little tiny bit of bad news because it's like the U.S. needs to get its shit together, and the whole thing yeah. about the G20 summit 
and uh, America probably pulling out of that, etc., etc. But I just thought this was a cute, happy little aside. The only thing that would be better for you if it was a solar farm made in the shape of a red panda. They're not actually related to giant pandas very closely. Oh, such but... a buzzkill. Sorry. Um, I have another small good news. Um, mm-hmm. I saw this BuzzFeed article about someone rebuilding a library at the University of Mosul that okay. that was destroyed by ISIS. Right. But it was a really cool story. It was a story about how like they're getting books from all around the world, getting shipped to mm-hmm. them, and they're working on rebuilding that library so that like the local community will have it's a place nice. to go. It just was like a heartwarming kind of story. Um, I assume I assume all late fees got wiped out. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> Most of the books got destroyed. Right, so everything resets is all I'm getting at. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we may have to edit that out. Um, bad news. Do you want to go into your bad news? Or do you want me to jump in? You uh, you go. Yeah. Two bad news. One mm-hmm. is short. Bad news is? Bad news I. Bad news. Two bad news. Is sure. it plural? Is it like sheep? It stands for northeast, west, south. That's not actually true, but they tell you that in journalism school. You know laser stands for something? Yes. Learn that at work. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know what it stands for. That's fine. But it stands for something. Okay. And a little Spanish boy tried to teach me how to say it in Spanish. It's just laser. Okay. Not very exciting. <laughs> anyway. Did you say, say Tom Riddle now? <laughs> no. Um, do you know those stupid, like, clickbait theories about different TV shows and movies and stuff that I'm, like, so over. Like, the really seedy ones at the bottom of pages, or just any in general? You're just, saying. like, on Twitter, you okay. scroll through, and it's like, did you yeah. hear this this theory about The Little Mermaid? And you're like, fuck off, you know? There's a big dick in it, yeah. This one is a theory about friends yeah. connecting to the other week when we talked about that. Okay, who was actually there's gay a, or something? What? There's a photo of like the box set cover of season four and everyone has their eyes closed except for rachel so someone has decided it's all her dream i'm like give me a fucking break wouldn't it actually be the opposite wouldn't she be the only one with her eyes closed yeah probably it's everyone else's dreaming and she's the only one that's real i'm fine if i'm experiencing jennifer's dreams i'm perfectly fine with that i just think those things are so dumb it's like that's something funny that you just, like, mentioned to your friend, like, oh, wouldn't that be funny? But, like, I'm sick of that being, like, newsworthy articles. Yeah, the only like, one I read recently was that Toby from The Office, it becomes the Scranton Strangler. And on rewatch, I, I see that lining up quite well. Okay. Yeah. Um, my other bad news, did you see the thing about the, um, that Canadian guy who, like, sold the photos of his, like, female friends and, like, um, no. you don't know what I'm talking about at no, all? Not at all, no. It happened a little while ago, and now it's, like, just... He just got sentenced. Okay. Um, Ren Bostelar. He's, like, the Toronto writer and photographer. Okay. Um, So, earlier this year, there was a whole thing that he had taken photos of some of his friends. Like, he did, like, boudoir photos and kind of things like that. Okay. But he, like, shared all of these photos and shared the social media handles of these friends of his on 4chan and a bunch of other, like, real sketchy internet places. Okay. And he got sued for it or brought to court for it, I should say. Sure. Um, and like no penalty at mm. all for like illegally sharing like nude images of friends of his, not even like random women, like friends yeah. of his. He got, um, basically he's like not allowed to use 4chan and in the future he now has to let people know if he's going to share their images. Okay. That's the punishment we'll you give like a fifth grader. Yeah. That's the punishment you give Try not to do like someone who's like sent, uh, 
a rude photo to someone from like a school computer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's not like a real punishment for someone who like committed an actual crime. The internet is the wild west, honey. Well, that's Scary kind of the point, I guess, there. is there's no pre- legal precedent for a lot of these cases. Like, yeah. if you were to take photos of someone and like you know a Polaroid and just wave it up in the air yeah Yeah, you'd get in trouble for that but because it's kind of this indirect way on on computer yeah he doesn't get in trouble weird it's just bullshit Hmm. bullshit okay so you're shitting on Canada now Canada there's one specific dude I'm shitting on shitty white dudes on 4chan okay and the fact that like I think he did, like, lose his job or whatever, but it's, like, literally, mm-hmm. he just, like, these women got, like, harassed and had their nude photos shared everywhere. Yeah. And his, like, he had basically no, there was um, a bunch of women. It wasn't just, like, one or two. There was, like, a whole list of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, the only a couple. And then he had to, like, apologize to them. Like, oh, that sounds like a very lenient judge. He has also suffered from this experience. That's what came out of it. Okay. Like, are, you, are you kidding me? It's not as bad as like the Stanford rape case and things like that. But still, right. it's just, it's the same idea yeah. of like Everyone's men taking away women's consent and then getting nothing for it and saying their lives were hurt by it as well, even though it's in no way the same mm. equivalent. Again, like I said, done Another with men. Worst. Done with men. All right, your turn. Bad news. Go ahead. Um, tennis is becoming a recurring topic on this, but it's like a year-round sport. I guess it is. I'm a little jealous of tennis players in general because they just basically chase summer year-round. Sure. Start here in January in Australia, head to France just as things are warming up there. Now in London, peak yep. of summer, head over to the U.S. after that. So the bad news is that uh, Australian male tennis players are all ass hats, pretty much. Yes. Has for asses. So, uh, curious George Nikirios uh, dropped out in his first match, retired with an injury, injury claim. But the worst one this week was actually um, Tomich, yeah. which some people here like. He's like one of the least interesting people to watch play. <laughs> he is very boring, very lanky, doesn't move very much, does not hit it hard at all. And so he got actually fined, like, almost the maximum amount that the tour can find someone. Because he lost his first round match, and he said afterwards in the press conference that he was not trying. He called an injury timeout just to try to screw up the other guy. He was not injured at all. And then he answered a few more questions and said, yeah, I just play for money. I didn't really care. I wasn't in it mentally this time, and I get bored every time I play tennis. All right. Sounds like he's in the wrong career a bit. Other places you can get more money, and you don't have to play tennis. Yeah. And uh, so his racket sponsor dropped him, so he needs to can't even afford his own racket now. Yikes! Um, much ripping about the money. So yeah, I mean, I know you know everyone gets first world problems wherever they are, and I'm sure being on that tour Office isn't drama. sure, and being on that tour year round is not probably the you know best life experience. But yeah, seriously, dude. Check yourself. There's a lot of people that would love to play tennis professionally at that level. Like, don't yeah. rub it in their faces that you are and they're not. Yeah. And one just quick tech story. As as you are trying to activate your iPhone, you're using your finger because it has your fingerprint on it, yeah? Sure. So the rumor is that the next iPhone is going to use an, a face scanner to unlock your phone. Okay. Which sounds high-tech like Minority Report shit, but then you think about it, and it's like, are you going to have to smile at your phone's camera every time to unlock it? Because Okay, you just made a super creepy <laughs> face. We'll have to change our <laughs> podcast picture to that. No. Um, so, yeah, because they're, in theory, getting rid of the home button, actually. Okay. I mean, it's on not really... the next... 
you don't well, really use it as a button button very often. Right. So that's gonna it's supposedly going to be just a full full screen. Okay. Um, and that way they can't really do the fingerprint on the front. So some people are saying maybe there'll be a fingerprint scanner on the back, or maybe they'll just use facial recognition. But why not a retina scan? Possibly that too, but either way, if it's dark, you're like not going to be able to use your phone. Or if you're in public like on a tram and just want to click it yeah. with your finger. So I don't, I really don't think that Apple will be that um, extreme about the change for this one, but I thought that was a weird story. Okay. So, mm -hmm. should we take a quick break for our sponsor? Yeah, let's do it. Book digits, B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. Dot com. Sign up, make an account, track your to-read list, mm -hmm. see how many books you've read this year and what your stats are. And get raffle tickets when you write full reviews. Our raffle winner from last week was very enthusiastic about receiving his prize. So we actually give out prizes. Mm -hmm. It's not just a ruse. So, join now, make a free account. Mm-hmm. Have some fun. Tell your friends. <laughs> okay. Uh, should we do book or TV no, show first? No, we need first? to do a TV show. Okay, you need to get your feelings I think out. I have about like 17 or 18 minutes if you want me to just go. You've been practicing. You've been rehearsing. I don't have any notes. But right? really, if you could just give me an occasional prompt and let me go off, I think that's all we need really for this segment. Can I just read out my notes to you? Just read out your notes. Sure. I have two sentences of notes. No one left that I care about or root for. <laughs> and yes, everyone is crazy in their own way. That's not a surprising meaning of the mm. show. That's all that's I have for good. notes. That's all that's I good. have. Um, okay, so leftovers. My overall comments... Is it the leftovers or leftovers? It's the leftovers. Which, okay. the more I think about it, it's just a terrible name. That's like what, what you call you your food the next day. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. So, overall, we finished season two and season three in the last month or so. Uh, I think I'm actually more disappointed or angry than lost believe it or not shock yeah are you sure um i don't know my expectations were lo were lower i feel here. like the up to down ratio isn't quite as high as right. lost but like the disappointing ending could honestly be worse. my disappointment is just that i think I, you just don't like damon Lindelof. you convince himself yourself uh, that you like his tv shows and i don't think you do i'm mostly just upset that that I was told by so many people that seasons two and season three were perfect, were awesome, were... So that's why you can't trust our opinions on TV. So I have yet to find someone else who fits my situation, which is that season one was very, 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 very good. Not perfect, but very, very good. And it went all downhill basically the second half of season two and season three. Mm -hmm. Can't find anyone else who agrees with that. Me. No, I didn't really like season one either, though. Uh, I didn't like the TV show at yeah. all. I watched this for you. It was like wasted. So, like, how many hours of my life wasted I'm, on that TV it's show? It's only 28 episodes total. So over a day yeah. of my life was wasted. We watched seven seasons of Buffy, so you'll be okay. Whatever. I got more out of that than I did out of this oh. shit. So just for context, I more or less have moved on by now. But I did listen to two podcasts this weekend as well. Uh, Todd... His podcast, I think you're interesting. He had Damon on. I don't think that podcast is interesting. He's, it's, you listen to the first one. He's getting better. It's fine. Okay. So he talked to Damon, and Lindelof said, like, maybe three minutes of really, really good stuff, and the rest was all just like, he's so self-aware, but he's still so... He's self-aware in the wrong ways. Yeah. 
Uh, and then Joshua Topolsky, his Tomorrow podcast, he had Tom Parada on, the guy who wrote the book. Okay. And then hung on as kind of one of the co-writers. Yeah. I'm not sure Josh totally knew the whole situation because he was like, wow, I really hated season one. The whole plot in season one was terrible. Why, why did you guys go with that? And Tom was like, oh, that's all based on my book. You know, yeah, a book I wrote book. And, and sold and was did decent on. Um, so that was a little bit uncomfortable, but... We do way more research for this quality podcast. Yeah. Seriously, get with it. My other overall my overall comment is that, and I never really used this phrase before. I've heard other people use it for different things, Go is that it. the show was too writerly. Okay. And you could you could feel the writers moving the pieces around and thinking, this is gonna be awesome. This is gonna read so good on screen. Yeah. This is gonna be great imagery, or they're gonna love this metaphor. You could just feel their there are things in motion. Yeah, I felt like in the first season, they had a lot of the symbols and stuff of, like, the religious things and mm-hmm. whatever. And then in the later seasons, they didn't do, like, the straight-up symbols. They kind of just did these weird, like, we'll throw in this weird song in the opening credits oh, to make you okay. think about it. And like, So we got to bring up that. I take, I'm so sorry for saying in the other podcast that the music of The Leftovers was terrific. They clearly heard me in the past... And went back and made season two and season three music insufferable, basically. Mm-hmm. The main piano theme is still makes me almost cry when I hear it, but it's overused so much. And they had the terrible opera music for the... And it gets to the point where every time you hear that, you're like, oops, something serious is going to happen. Yeah. And they way over Like, that. even that felt like you could tell, like, it's very manufactured, I guess, is yes. my overall point. And the intro credit songs that they changed. Oh. The, the second season, we complained about how terrible that intro song was. Right. The third season, they had a different intro song that each of them was right. just each episode, yeah. was just as uh, ill-fitting as the next. Right. Like, None of the songs worked with that those weird titles with the weird font. It was just awful. Yeah. So, what else do I have to say? Oh, gosh. So, was there any characters that you actually cared about their storylines or cared about the characters' well-being by the end of it? Well, one thing that you, I think you and I both complained about in this last final season is how they totally uh, went away from the younger characters completely. Who were the more interesting characters in Absolutely. the first place. Really, season one got to me because of the Jill storyline, especially at the end when she's like, fuck all this. I'm going to join up with my mom because clearly she's onto something. And like you want to see where Tommy fit in. Yeah. And like what was going on with his storyline. Like there was like the competing cults kind yeah, of. Yeah, and did his, his being raped in the back of a van lead to a child? Everyone needs to know. So she got blown up, didn't she? That's true. They also mm. thought they were being so fucking clever with that hotel scene. Oh, God. That's really where it lost me was international sex. Like three times, though. Yes. Yeah. Literally three times. Yes. Yeah. I never thought... A storyline about someone being invincible could be so, so boring. Yeah. Someone, like, being able to travel to purgatory and Hmm. be in, like, a different dimension, essentially. Someone who, like, was some sort of, like, Jesus figure. And Kevin... And they wasted it. Kevin says, I never felt more alive in that time. I I saw you in that time. You didn't seem very alive. You seemed scared shitless most of the time. Really confused. Not comfortable. And then the whole, like, the two of them thing, because Jesus had a brother, and then yeah, that was in the final episode, I was like, did he actually have a twin? Are they going to play that? I was a that? little worried that's where it was going. Was it there have been two of him all along? I think <sighs> I actually would have preferred that, though. Oh, there's spoilers in this podcast, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually would have preferred there being, like, a big twist you like that. You thought when old Kevin came along, it really was a different version of him or yes. something. Yes. Yeah. I, either, I either was hoping that she got sent to a different reality. Yeah. yeah there's major spoilers for the final episode. Mm-hmm. I I was either hoping that she got sent to a different reality, like instead of going to where the people who the departed went, Correct. she got sent to like an alternate timeline. Yeah, I hear you. Or 
that there was two of Kevin all along. That would have made sense because there was like crazy Kevin and didn't remember things right. he was doing. And people said, I saw you here doing this. Yeah. So I actually kind of hoped that either he had a split personality or there were two of him. Yeah. Like they, they were leading it up to be a big reveal and there was no fucking big reveal. Yeah. But let's stay on the finale finale for a second because in all the podcasts I was listening to, everything online, people debate the very last scene when Nora does the worst uh, example of telling not showing like ever. Yeah. Where she tells this whole long story about, yes, the machine did take her to the other side. She got to the other world where the 2% were the only people there. 98% had departed. And two and a half seasons was leading up to this reveal or yeah. this, uh, this concept. Right. Of this being like the answer of what happened. Yeah. She fought, she crosses continents where there's no airplanes. It's impossible to travel. She finds her family. She gets to the doorstep and then she sees that, her husband, who she hated, found a new woman, and the kids look happy, so she doesn't say hello. She did say hello. No, she said she does not she say hello. She said she knocked on the door in a... But then ran into a bush or something. Mm. And that, at, and for some reason... Biggest plot mm, twist of the whole show, mm. which is to say something, because there's a lot of fucking plot holes. Yeah. But biggest plot hole. What? That she got the man to build a machine. Right, yeah. I didn't even get to that. So, yeah, she decides that she doesn't need to see her family, even though her entire arc has been about seeing her goddamn children. Well, I get that to some extent. Like, she just, like, she has the peace of mind to know that they're happy. They didn't just, like, disappear or get burned up or something. No, she devoted... To some extent, oh, I said. To God. some extent. So, somehow, that whole scenario teaches her that she belongs in the other world? She didn't seem very happy in the other world. But then the biggest plot hole is that she found the scientist right. who made the first machine, went and convinced her to send just her back. Like you pointed out, why the fuck wouldn't he send everybody back and everybody could be together? And this, remember, was seven years after the event, meaning meaning no one... And the guy had moved a bunch of people over to the other side. No one else thought, hmm, maybe Good we should one. take the 2% and combine it and make it like a normal world again. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. So... And there's no... Why did they get taken? Because it didn't seem like it was like a heaven kind of world. It seemed like no. it was just an alternate world. Is there, was there just like a rip in the timeline so between the worlds? So the absurdity of it has me definitely convinced right when we first watched it that she was lying, which both Lindelof and Prada said is a perfectly fine view to have on it. She also probably, there's also a possibility that she just like got fucked up from that machine and it like gave right. her like delusions. Like it gave her like a weird fever dream that all that happened. Like, because she got irradiated. Yeah, kind of like contact. You didn't think that was real? Well, the, well I'm saying people thought she was making it up because they couldn't see the video right, footage. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even if you, okay, you go with that, that idea that she's making it up and it's just sort of explaining. It's supposed to, I guess, explain why she's hidden in Australia for 20 years. That doesn't make any sense, Doesn't make though. any sense. If she was convinced she belonged yes. in the world, why wouldn't she go with the people that she belongs with, in theory? Yes. And, okay, she's mad at Kevin because they she got into... She belongs with her doves? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. If you belong in this world, don't become a recluse. But she doesn't belong with Kevin. They were the worst... Absolutely. Okay, like, I know we talked about the other week how Rachel and Ross, like, it's, it was a mistake to pin the whole show on, like, mm -hmm. their their relationship which yeah. was all fucked up it's the same with the two of them absolutely like i thought the whole point of season three was proving that they were not meant to be together and they were just two sad broken people who found each other and like kind of clung because they had nothing else to live for yeah and then i thought the whole point was that like they didn't actually belong together in the end it's like we belong together i stayed for you and it's like what the fuck yeah last time you saw him you were in a fight and the hotel was on fire yeah so if that kind of fight is going to cause one of you to to try to blast yourself into a different dimension. Like, you've got issues, first of all. And then, 
I just, I found the last episode so laughable. The fact that Nora calls Lori on occasion, who lives next door to Kevin, because Lori's still alive. She just really likes scuba diving, Yeah, apparently. what the fuck was that? Um, and yeah, they've been chatting, but Lori never tells Nora for 20 years because, you know, Kevin. you know, right, never tells Kevin because patient confidentiality. I've never seen you this angry. And it's just like... And we had a fight recently, and, we and were not this, you were not this angry about our real life. The part is that Kevin... Kevin sort of cares about finding Nora, so he uses his two weeks of vacation to go to Australia, but he's not that committed to it, so he just does it once a year. He doesn't, like, quit his job and walk no. around Australia, just, no. like, once a year. Yeah. Just and in case. Those are the types of things where I can see them in the writer's room going, yeah, I, th- I think that logic adds up, and then you just, like, sit there and think about it for a minute, and it's like, what are you talking commit about? Commit to something. Like, like if... if um. Nora was going to commit to living in this in this universe. Go fucking find Kevin and make a reason to live it, it live in it. If Kevin's committed to finding Nora and believing she's still alive, then fucking quit your job and commit already and go find her. That's a that's a line from Elf. I know. I realized that <laughs> as I was saying it. Um. So just commit to something. Like, don't be uh, so wishy washy. The only thing that would make any sense is that if Nora got out of the machine when you see it, kind of like fade to black really quickly. Like changed her mind. Changed yeah. her mind and then felt so guilty about her kind of being selfish to do that. That maybe would explain why she decided to stay in Australia and become a recluse. That's the only part that lines up. I think it was a mistake going to Australia at all. Yeah, I had high hopes because I had heard, oh, it takes place in Melbourne. They and filmed we were in Victoria. They just thought, what a waste. What a waste. What an episode on a stupid boat. That was the most ridiculous episode. Yeah. What a waste of an episode if there's only eight episodes or whatever. Yeah. Also, like, I understand doing a different setting for each season. I think that keeps it fresh and interesting, and I'm fine with that. But just, like, they didn't really seem to utilize the Australian thing. They had some questionably... um, Yeah, I was hoping you were going to get into this. Questionably culturally appropriate things with the indigenous thing. So one of the things that I'm still really upset about is the way they absolutely ruined the grandpa character. Yeah. I realized that he was, you know, sort of mentally ill from the beginning, so I guess he was consistent in that way. But I had hopes that his voices were leading to something and, you know, all him in the first season with the National Geographic and stuff. Yeah. It was like, wow, you know, he's a little bit supernatural, but you know, that could be an interesting way that this show could go. And so instead, the voice tells him to go to Australia, and somehow, because of a tape that his son made, he decides that he needs to Steal cultural, like, yeah. cultural because uh, content. Because the Aboriginal from... people do their rain dances and things, but that's not going to help. He has to do all the dances. Yeah, what stupid white person savior complex uh. do you have to have? And then, like, they... I, I don't... Obviously, once again, I'm not the right person to discuss this, necessarily. Mm. But I'm definitely not the right person to discuss this. But it just seems like they really skated the line of cultural cultural appropriation of they kind of were saying it was bad. Like there were people in the show being like, you can't do that. That's bad. And he got arrested. But at the same time, the show seemed to glamorize it. Yeah, he was and still he, like, wow, look at how he believes in it so strongly. He That's literally amazing. killed an yeah. Aboriginal elder and like didn't even like feel bad for it and they just kind of like skip away from it in the scene and like so yeah I was going to bring up that part that yes that that poor Aboriginal man dies for absolutely no reason and the other one I keep coming back to that really really bugs me is the Murphy's uh, grandfather in season two who kills himself to become Kevin's guide in the other world and 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 him he's never allowed to come back into the real world he's gone for good and Kevin didn't seem to really need a guide in the other world. He figured shit out and it was a mystery, but he was fine. 
Like, you know, the show ended up only caring about its white uh, lead protagonist. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And even uh, Michael, who, like, they kind of what set up... a waste up, of a character. They kind of set up in the second... Uh, the second season that he was like kind of with Jill and he had yeah. his sister and whatever, like the sister disappears and is, is important for maybe half a second in the third season. Once again, the younger generation, <sighs> Michael literally just follows along. He just nods and says, and yes, I'm still religious. Everything. I'm still religious. Yes. The John and Lori thing is absolute bullshit. Yeah. Like that was very obviously the writers trying to shove two characters together to give them some sort of like off off-screen character developments right. in the gap of time. Yeah, both Piranha and Lindelof said, oh, we would have loved to have done 10 episodes and done a, a Murphy episode and shown you more of that. And I was like, it probably would have been terrible. It would, it would have been the boat episode, but it's yeah. like a different one than that. But, oh. Okay, I have two other main main things to bring up. Go. You said you had 18 minutes worth of rant. We still yeah, have some time. pretty good. Um, so the thing that just, just made me laugh a lot is in Damon's podcast... He talked about how he was really excited that he had gone in different directions with this show. Okay? I understand, Damon. Tell me why he's wrong. Go. I understand, Damon, that you are still scarred from Lost. I understand that you had to leave Twitter because of Lost and because you did that terrible Star Trek movie. You helped with that as well. And I realized that you took Tom Parada's book and you said, huh, the book's okay. Our first season will be okay, but I bet I can spin this and do Lost again and actually end it this time. And sure, I'll give you credit. You came to a conclusion. You explained a few things. You were upfront that you weren't going to get answers for everything, and you stuck to that. And the ending was not, you know, as easy to ridicule as it was Lost. But push oh, yourself a little no bit ending. more. Try, try to push yourself a little bit more. Let's see. Do, do you think Kevin Garvey resembles um, Jack from Lost? Maybe just a tiny bit? He didn't open with his eye and close with his eye. Oh, my God. We know how Lost is going to end. Yeah, congratulations. You have the one screenshot of how it's going to uh, end. Do you think Nora has anything like Kate? Just a little bit, maybe? Mm. A little scrappy, you know, woman who you can't pin down? Yeah. Do you think... Do you think Matt, the priest John who is struggling, yeah, is struggling with his religion and his beliefs, anything like John Locke? And can't die within that special realm of <sighs> special area, can't die yeah. or be sick or whatever. Yeah, you've got planes acting weird. Someone who couldn't get pregnant that's pregnant all of a sudden. There you go. You've got animals roaming around in places they're not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, could you not watch back episodes, uh, seasons two and three and go, oh shit, I have a bit of a, a bit of a formula. Yeah. So, okay, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is just to summarize the show, you know, you're no, you said before that, yes, how, how did you say it? That, yes, all people are what? Yes, everyone is crazy in their own way. That's not a surprise. Yeah. That I can't mean, be the meaning of, this, of the whole show. Right. And so I, I get the whole thing where it's like, this is a show about the departure, but it's not about the departure. And I liked season one because it was like, hey, this is Mapleton. This is a small town, but there are a million small towns like this, and they're all dealing with this in some right. similar it's, ways. It's individual and some but universal. Ways. Yes. And that's why I think I really started disliking season two is because they went from this universal kind of idea to this miracle Texas place, which was the only place like it. And that, I think, gave the writers kind of inspiration to say, let's do weird shit. And I think like doing the contrast between every town – yeah. USA, whatever, yeah. from the first season to the absolute op- like antithesis of that in season two yeah. was okay. And then that's why Australia didn't make any sense no. to me. Because there's no connection to every town, special town, different country. You like, know what the connection is? Oh, where did Lost begin? Oh, yeah, it was in Australia. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I really like the themes of season one where it was like, you know what? 
no matter what the tragedy is, people are going to suffer. Some people are going to move on and some people aren't. And when Jill, you know, gets into the fight with Amy and they say, are you okay, Jill? And Jill's like, I don't think anyone's okay. Like, yes. Okay. Got it. That's the theme of season one. But then you do seasons two and season three and every single character, their big secret is I'm not okay. Erica Murphy. I look happy. I'm actually not happy. Yeah, we already have Evie, a whole season to cover. That. I look happy. I'm not happy. John, I don't really look happy, and I'm not keep happy. Keep hammering in that same idea that we've already gotten from season one, which yeah. is more, more better, more decently done in season one. Correct. And the other thing that I know I bring up all the time, I am a very like character po- character focused person mm. with the media that I consume. And right. I brought this up last week with Silicon Valley. I do not care about any of these characters. Yeah. At all. I cared about Kevin when he was losing his mind because I thought that was a really interesting look at, you know... Sanity and, like, being in your own yeah. brain and trusting your own brain. We've been talking about that lately. Yeah. Like, how much you can trust the things you see and the things that you think and your, yeah. your opinions on things. So I was interested by that, but actually listening to these podcasts with the creators, they both said, oh, season... They both admitted season one was terrible, almost, they said. And Damon in particular said, oh, I can't even watch episode two. That stupid thing with Kevin and the bagel. And I said, yeah, the thing about him not knowing if his bagel was in there or not was dumb. But I actually really enjoyed that. Where it was like, we saw it on screen. Wait, did he have the bagel in the toaster? Where and did it's one of go? those little things that it's not this like massive conspiracy yeah. unraveling. It's like the little things in your day-to-day life that's like, did I, did I dream that? Right. Was that real? And everyone can relate to that. Like sometimes you wake up and you're like... Did I turn my alarm off or did I not do it? So it was one right. of those moments that like anyone can connect with. Sure. And I think that's what they lost in seasons two and three is nobody could connect with what yeah. they were doing. No. And I just, I need characters to root for. And I did not care about these characters in season one. When you feel bad for them, when you're like, it is, has something actually damaged them? Like did the event like change them? Like you kind of don't know what's going on yeah. and you're seeing how everyone was affected by it. And you're kind of rooting for them to sort their shit out. Right. And then as it goes on, you're like, I guess the point of the show is that they get worse. <laughs> like, nobody can get better. Like, it doesn't get better uh, is the tagline for the show. Yeah. Not it gets better, but it doesn't get any better. It gets worse. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, I just, maybe, and maybe that is realistic. Maybe people who have had a huge tragedy, like, can't get over it and they just can't get any better. But that's not yeah. really an optimistic way to look at it. I'm not no. that everything has to be optimistic. But, yeah, I don't but, want to watch that. Yeah, I don't want to watch that. And I, I'm still a little bit upset that, like, I had known that you weren't going to get all of the answers. And it would have yeah. been dissatisfying for them to just spell it out and say, here's exactly what happened. Here's why. Check all the check all the dots. Boxes. You really struggle with it. I blame Australia. The blending of the languages and the idioms and the slang like has messed up my brain permanently, I think. Check all the no, wait. Cross um. all the T's and dot all the I's. <laughs> You're I'm just wasted. saying, you wouldn't want them to like neatly yeah. finish off everything because that wouldn't feel realistic to sure. real life. Because I guess the whole point is it's meant not it's not meant to be a fantasy. It's meant to be yeah. this could happen to you tomorrow kind of thing. Right. But just to leave it, just to the totally abandon most of those like mysteries and yeah. questions and just go towards like Kevin is Jesus and Miracle Texas is uh, protected by God yeah. and then all of a sudden you're in Australia and it just seemed to div- uh, diverge so far off of yeah. the original questions that you're kind of like, were the original questions answered? What were the original right. questions even? Like you kind of lose sight of what the show began. And I think that's the problem is if you like how the show began sure. and the questions it was, it was bringing up and, and the character issues that it started with, 
you're going to be disappointed because it, it didn't follow through with any of those. Yeah. They went off on their, with their own ideas and ran so far off tangent. Yeah. Whatever. What can I can't talk today? That's okay. You're um, done. We're putting you to bed. Yeah, it just was not satisfying because the characters that you grew to be intrigued in the first in the first season and the questions that you were curious about yeah. were just abandoned yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, do the spinoff with the bitchy mayor, and I'll be back on board. But until that happens. Do the spinoff when they all have split personalities. Mm. That's still what I wanted. I'm disappointed that everyone was real. That's what I said all along. I'm going to be yeah, really disappointed. Yeah. Because they made it seem like the creepy man with the dog wasn't real. Yeah. And um, her friend Amy, Amy was yeah. maybe not real. Yeah. And the grandpa was seeing people that weren't there. Yeah. And then, like, Kevin was seeing um, Patty. Patty. Yep. And then... What, yeah. what was even the answer to that? The answer was that Kevin sometimes had to go into a dream state to figure his shit out. That was the answer. But why did that happen to him and other people? <sighs> and does it happen to his his daughter who's biologically related to him? No. Like, that's what I wanted. If, if it's like the yeah. grandfather and him, I wanted to know, was Jill having delusions as well? And we had all those questions about, you know, what happened if you were touching someone who, right. who disappeared or you were looking at someone. I was wondering just today... People must have had it on film of people there one second and not the other. Someone must have been filming with yeah. smartphones. They never even got into that. Yeah, so some of those questions that would have been interesting. I mean, like we said, obviously you wouldn't want every single thing to be neatly tied yeah. up. But it still seemed like they took these original questions that everyone was interested in and wanted to keep watching to, to find out some more answers. Yeah. And then they just dropped them and went on to these other ideas that they have instead. Yeah. So I was right. Will you say it on the podcast? You were right. Yeah, I was right. It was not a good show. You were right. Like from episode two. Yeah. You're, that's why you're picking our next show. Well, we're either going to go back to Friday Night Lights or back to the 100. I think this was worth it for my rant. Did it live up to the hype? Yeah, I'm, I haven't seen your face that red and you're so angry <laughs> in a long time. And you haven't even drank all your wine yet. Okay, you have to talk about books. I need a break. Uh, you're supposed to talk about them. Explain drink your wine. Explain to the people... What, what we're talking about. Okay, so some of my favorite books growing up was the... From your I, childhood when you were locked in your bedroom. No, wait. The story is, is that when you were in trouble, you were sent to your room and you were not allowed to read. Is that right? Probably. I was sent, like, not to my room. Right. You have um, to stay in the living room and watch television. You have to go outside. Yeah. Um, you have to watch TV. No, it wasn't like that. Um... But I liked to read you were growing a bit up. Bit of an addict. Yeah. I still. My mom always tells the story that like when I went in to visit my first grade teacher, I didn't want to talk to the teacher. I just noticed she had a really big bookshelf with bean ba- beanbag chairs, and I just nice. went over and picked a book while my parents did like the yeah, orientation you thing. No, not really. I'd still probably be rather reading a book than talking to new people all <laughs> the time. But um, even before Harry Potter, probably mm-hmm. um, this was one of my favorite series of book series. Mm-hmm. Uh, court, a trilogy of a quartet. <laughs> you're saying you're trying <laughs> to say three that Tamara, and, Tamara Pierce has multiple series whole, within the same universe. A whole universe, basically. So the universe takes place in a fantasy land called Tortal, mm-hmm. and there's three quartets. Right. So a trilogy of quartets. Twelve books. Um, Alana the Lioness series, which is about a girl who disguises herself as a boy to become a knight. Yes. The second quartet is Dane the Wild Maid. She talks to animals. Yep. That was the first um, series of Tamara Pierce's that I read. and Made for some awkward interactions with your dog, I bet. Uh, 
No. I don't even know if we... Yeah, I guess we did have a lot yeah, at that you point. Yeah, definitely talked to him. No. No, I didn't. <laughs> I wished I could have. I always wanted to be Dane. Um, not... not. She has a really tragic backstory, so not really, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be able to talk to animals. I thought that was cool. And the one we're going to mostly focus on today is the third quartet yeah um and it's has a terrible name i'm just gonna call it lady lady knight's the most recent book that we finished and this focuses on kaladri who is the first girl to try and be a knight after alana the lioness yeah big shoes to fill so alana in this first a quartet has set up this precedent that well now women can be knights even though she kind of tricked her way through because they thought she was a boy and then when she finally got her shield she revealed herself kills going full woman yes like the whole time she went into it as a girl trying to get her knighthood um and we've been reading these together because mm-hmm. we're a gross literary couple like that. Yep. So we've just finished the fourth book. That's 12 books we've 12 done. books. Wow. Um, so there are some other books in this universe. Um, the the next two, like, chronologically, uh, are very political intriguing, and I don't think you're going to like them. We're going to have to get my appetite ready for And that. then the trilogy after that is... Um, Detective, you said. Detective-y, and it's a pre-pre-pre-prequel. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'll make you read those. She's still writing in this universe? That's the one I was talking about that's coming out soon. The Tempest uh, and Slaughter is right. Numair, who's a character from the Dane books. Sexy character. Um, so there's going to be a prequel to those books. Okay. I think we just need to jump in here and talk about, since you were talking about a time when you were right, tell the people about the time when I was right, when just when you read out a character's name, I said, that's a fat character right there. <laughs> I didn't even think you were right. And then at one point it calls him like round or stout or something. <laughs> and then you're like, you were correct. You have a fat sense. Yeah. No, I can just tell. Um, so are we just talking mostly about Cal? I guess so. I hope you don't quiz me on things because I'm not. Really I know. You don't pay very plot. attention. Can I just give you my overall feelings? Yeah. And can I also get you to rank which... Of now that we finished the three main series of the Well, yeah, that's what I'm going to kind of do. I'm going to tell you that, obviously, the first set with Alana lines up a lot with the last set with Kel. Like you were saying. the parallels. Yeah, their stories follow a similar arc. So in those two sets, I enjoyed the earlier books better than the later books. I like... I don't really like superhero origin stories anymore. But like the boarding school kind of... Yeah, I like that. School story. Striving Coming of age. Yeah. And with the... Uh, Dane books, mm-hmm. I actually preferred her later ones better. I liked her when she was a little bit more in tune with her abilities. She was kind of a badass and could do cool things. Yeah, and, and then, yeah, she ho- hooked up with the hot guy at the end. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what the way they fell for me overall. And which of the characters of which of the books were your favorite? How would you rank them? Well, in this last one, Neil was a total bitch, and you said he's one of your favorite. I didn't mean characters, I meant the book series. Which one was my favorite? Yeah, like I think so. Dane has a real nostalgia point for me, so I'd probably yeah. put her first. Yeah, and then I'd probably put Cal second in terms of the actual books. I think the writing is better. Like Alana mm. was very clearly her first published book series, and it was published like in the eighties. Yeah, so I think I like the some of the characters in Alana. George Cooper is one of my favorite favorite characters of mm. uh, in Tortal. Yeah, but I think her books, the pacing is really off, and like the um. The writing is sometimes a little bit... Like, reading it out loud, I was like, ugh, some of the sentences yeah. and stuff. Um, so I think I would do Dane, Kel, Alana in terms I think of mine that. is the exact opposite. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah. Alana, I would say first, I think the element of the hidden gender, which is 
you know, probably been played out now by modern times, but I think it's still pretty interesting. Um, and yeah, hers got a little bit too mystical for me at certain points because she has she was, like, like touched some, by the gods. And, yeah, but yeah. it gets into like the early parts of the building of that kingdom, and mm-hmm. so you get to know the king and the queen and stuff. And, and then so, it's fun to track that in yeah. the other series because I think um, Tamara Pierce does a really good job of bringing back some of the characters for fun asides or cameos without mm-hmm. like throwing it in your face and trying to keep like yeah. harping on the same people over and over and right. over. So then, yeah, I would put Kel second. I liked her kind of origin story, um, her difficulties in her kind of education, and then her final, what's it called, when she has her test to... The ordeal? Yeah, has to become a knight, and then she's pretty good at jousting, and... You said that Kel reminded you of me sometimes, which is like the best compliment you've probably ever given me. You reckon? I always, um... You I just read... don't take no shit from no one. <laughs> I read Kel at like a pretty like formative time, as they say I sometimes. I can tell, yeah. And, um... Some of the things I, like, still think of, like, um, picturing a calm lake. Okay. She talks about that, like, when she gets really upset. Like, yeah. it, like if she gets, like, stressed or upset, like, picturing, like, herself as a calm lake with no ripples on it. Wow. Like, things like that, like, just are, like, embedded in my brain. And, like, I have one of those lucky cat statues. Yeah. Because she had them in her um, her dorm that she brought with yeah. her. So some of those really little things, like, I think I read them when I was, like, probably 12, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um... So really, like, personality-forming kind of years. I think so. And I always wanted to be like Cal. Yeah. But um, she's, like, she's a very kind character. Yeah. Really kind and loyal, but she also, like, doesn't take any shit. Correct. Like, she's kind of... She's not, like, a Buffy, like we mentioned earlier, who's just kind of, like, mm-hmm. uh, badass and witty and, and yeah. like, trash-talking and whatever. Yeah. But she's also not, like, just meek, like, nice to everybody. She's, like, a good in-between, I think, of, like, she's kind and hardworking and loyal, but she also, like... You know, kicks ass and takes names. Definitely. She's a good balance of those two. And she, I think she's the epitome of Hufflepuff. You think so? She's, she values fairness and loyalty over anything else. Like, she doesn't care mm. what class is. She always just wanted, like, everyone to have a fair go. Yeah. And wanted to, like, make sure everybody was taken care of. And she's really, really loyal. Like, the whole fourth book is basically her being loyal to the people who are her responsibility, who she's sure. been put to take care of. She always takes care of her friends. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think she's just such a Hufflepuff, like kind, hardworking, well, loyal, A few fair. times I had to stop you reading and I said, look up whether the Harry Potter series had started by now or not. Because I think Miss Rowling was was inspired a bit. You think so? Yeah. Like which bit? Certain elements. I told you not to quiz me on things. Like that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so I know Dane is special to you because of your... Your dreams of communicating with animals. That was also the first one that I read of that series. So, like, mm-hmm. I read the Wild Magic and then went back and read Alana. Because I think Wild Magic, like, it was more the more recent book in the series. Like, oh, that it was, was the first one you read? That's the first one I read. Oh, that's okay. what I'm saying, is that I read Dane first. Yeah. Was a bit spoiled for Alana because of some of the things I read in Dane. Mm. But went back and then read the Alana series. And then I... The Kel series, like, I read them one by one as they came out, I mm-hmm. believe. Because I had been, like, caught up by then. So I read Dane first, and that's why I have such a attachment to Dane, I think. Well, that's interesting, because when I did my last read-through of Harry Potter, one of, my, one of my overall comments was that I think you need to read it almost one year apart, uh, as, a, as a young person, I'm saying. I want to do that with our kids. When we have kids, I want to, like, reach them, like, the appropriate, or, like, space right. them out and read it. Because, yeah, I think if you read them, if a 12-year-old reads them all cover to cover, I don't think that's that's quite going to fit correctly. So right. I'm curious about that with these books. Are one of the series aimed at different age groups? What do you think? Um, I think Alana 
So originally, Alana was written as an adult book, mm-hmm. and then um, Tamara Pierce kind of retooled it for a more middle grade. Huh. Um, so her original, original one was, I, I believe, I may be wrong about this, but I believe I read that an interview saying that that was originally an adult book. Okay. Like, probably would have been, like, new adult, except that wasn't a thing in the 80s. Right. So, it was retooled. A lot of, like, the sex scenes and stuff were taken out, mm. and it was made as more of, like, a school story. Yeah. So, I think it was actually... That one seems more adult in terms of the themes. It skips pretty quickly through her school years in that series. Yeah. And bit. there's a lot of adult things about, like, is she ready to get married, and what mm-hmm. does she want to do with her life, and how does she make a name for herself, and... and your favorite part of these books is that she... She doesn't forget that people need bathroom breaks and things. She's very realistic. She's very realistic. Like, girls get their periods. I appreciate that. In fantasy books where I feel out of my element, it's like, oh, yeah, these are just humans, just in different Yeah, they talk about their dinner that they have to have. They talk about stopping for food. They talk about, like, making sure the horses don't get tired. They talk about peeing. They talk about whatever. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I think I think I read them... Maybe Dane Kel Alana. Well, no, because then you wouldn't really get the Kel parallels if you hadn't read Dane. Mm-hmm. Um, age-wise, I think I read... Because Dane's one of the younger protagonists mm-hmm. in terms of... Her storyline, I think, is the shortest. Mm. Like, um, chronologically, from start to finish of the her of quartet, time. the amount yeah. of time that passes is the shortest. Because she starts at, like, 13 and ends at, like, 14. So we're only two years, I oh, think, yeah. hers. Whereas Kel and Alana, because it's, it shows their whole schooling years and then them establishing themselves. Yeah. But even, I think Alana would pass the longest period of time. That's why the pacing is funny. Right. Because Kel's is her, like, what, five or six years in school and then one year out of school. It sounds right, yeah. Whereas Alana's, I think, passed more time than that. Um, my last question is, none, has any of Tamara Pierce's work ever been adapted? Not that I know of. To film or TV, no. Not that I know of. Interesting. You would think with Game of Thrones, they'd be looking for, like, yeah. that type of A lot of content out there that you could, yeah. And it's, like, it's fairly popular. I was just talking about this at work the other day. Someone else knew? Nina knew Didn't about it. Kat knew about it. And May knew about it. All the women at work yeah. that we were talking to, like, each thought that the other one wouldn't know about it. And then when you brought it up, they were like, oh, yeah, I remember reading those books. Sure. So I don't think it was pre-Harry Potter. So I don't think it really had, like, the furor or, like, right, the, right. the craze yeah. of, of that Harry Potter kind of started with these types of book yeah. series and you had the hunger games and twilight and there was like sure. like the fandomy types but i think this was kind of pre that crazy fandom thing yeah and um but when you talk to people loads of people know about them they remember at least one of the books or some of the characters or remember the name or the covers or mm-hmm. whatever so i think it's actually pretty widely known like it was one of the better more solid like girl fantasies mm-hmm. like middle grade girl like young adult girl fantasy yeah um so yeah, I think it would make an amazing series. I think it. I think the Kel one would be the easiest to adapt because you wouldn't have the magic, mystical aspects of it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not sure how you. Dane's would be tricky with all the weird animal. Her talking to animals. That's true. Like there's a way to that would have to be kind of almost like a little kids one, mm-hmm. a bit younger audience, like talking animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Alana's had a lot, has a lot of gods and magic and stuff that might be a bit tricky. But Kel's would be pretty straightforward. Yeah. Like, you'd lose some of the parallels with Lana, obviously, but... All right, Tamara, let, let loose those rights. Let <laughs> right. Netflix jump on this. Um, so this is not your type of book series at all. Do you have any comments on that? Like, did you enjoy it more than you expected? Was it about what you expected? Um, You've thrown a lot of fantasy at me. Yeah. Or some fantasy. Not a lot of the young adult you, send, you throw so at straight me. Straight up young adult. Yeah. 
So I think I'm coming around on it a little bit. There weren't too many oracles claiming prophecies in this one. Um, they were human stories, just like we were said, set in a different universe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I prefer living in this world, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm coming around. And which, and which was your favorite? I, Alana, I would go with. Okay. I would reread Alana, yeah. Who was your favorite character out of any of the books? Out of any of the books? Mm -hmm. All 12 books we read, who was your favorite? Um... Mm. Mm. Can you give me some examples? I love George, I said, and I really George like Cal. pretty good. So any of, like, Alana's friends? Like, there's a lot of Raul in the Cal books. He was good, yeah. Um, you liked Gary. I, Gary will always hold a special place in my heart. Um, and then like, there's, like, Dane and Numer. Anyone who says, great, Mithros. I like <laughs> Um, George Cooper's one of my favorites for sure. I loved Rikash, the Stormwing in the Dane books. Like the right. nice Stormwing. Yep. You have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, there's like the dragons. I always got confused. Kitten's not a kitten. It's a dragon. Right. I like kitten. Yeah. Um, I actually like the horses a lot too. I didn't think you were going to say that. Cloud? <laughs> Buttercup? Sassy horse. There's no Buttercup. What was the other horse's name? Buttercup uh, was a horse. Okay. You don't think so? Peach Blossom? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not Buttercup. Blame the wine. Okay. Okay, let's wrap this up. You would got any you, upcoming stuff? Would you what? recommend these books to and to whom? Yeah, if you want to have a badass daughter, please please pass them on. Or a badass son. Or if you want to be more badass and a better feminist. Amen, sister. Um, I don't have a lot of upcoming things. Um, I was telling you earlier mm. that video game wise, we don't really talk a lot of games on this podcast, but well, except for the Nintendo Classic, which oh, yeah. we tried to play Doctor Mario last week. I've been practicing, so watch out. When they had turned it on without me, <laughs> I didn't play when you have to save because you know I don't know how to save. Yeah, um, I practiced Doctor Mario. I don't know anything about you. You watch movies without me all the time. You're always like, I watched these six movies without you in the last two days. <sighs> um. So there's been all that um, hubbub lately about the Crash Bandicoot. I don't like it when you say that. <laughs> I don't like it when you say lap up earlier. <laughs> Three <laughs> times in a row. Picture a little cat licking things. It was weird. Don't make that noise. Um, the Crash Bandicoot um, craze lately. Because you played PS1 back in the day? Yes. I had a PlayStation Need 1. Need for Speed I remember you were obsessed with. That was Nick was obsessed with that, okay. my brother. Um, so anyways, they come up with Crash Bandicoot. They like rebooted it. Yeah. And supposedly the next one they're rebooting is Spyro the Dragon. I do have memories of that. And I had this like weird deja vu type thing of like a weird like repressed memory of like me playing Spyro. Mm -hmm. I had like no, if anyone had asked me like what that was or something, I would have been like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then I saw like a picture a clip of it and I was Purple like. Purple little puppy dragon. Yeah. yeah. You have to collect the things and you find the ice dragons. Yeah, and... I played with it at my cousin's house. I never had a PlayStation. Like I that. just like totally blocked it out of my memory for some reason and then saw it and then got really excited. and remembered how much I liked playing it. Okay. So I want to, I want us to get a PlayStation and I want to get that. Okay. Um, what else? Um, there's going to be a Heather's TV reboot. I saw this. I've never seen the movie, even though it's like my name. Yeah. So I think I need to watch it sometime. It's on my Netflix queue, but I never really like feel like watching a well, weird because you 80s. told me to get it when we had Netflix on disc, and I never did because I wasn't interested, and you were mad at yeah. me for a while. But I feel like I need to watch it just because it's my name. I but think there's you a have TV, an obligation. There's a TV reboot, well, I guess. As they say here in Australia, Heather's. Yeah. 
Um, mm. I've been convinced that I need to see the new Spider-Man, Spider-Man yeah. Homecoming. So I might be seeing it this week, but I'm just getting like messages as we speak you about a solo the people bailing, people bailing on me. Um, uh, let me guess, Mary Jane's in danger. I don't know. So, um, I promised Elizabeth I would see it, so we'll see if I actually like it or not. Okay. Um, Baby Driver, that's another movie I don't know if I care about. I keep seeing it. It's what Ansel. a bad name. Terrible. Is it related to Boss Baby? Is it a sequel? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, and then I also saw they're making a Good Omens movie or TV series. By Neil himself, you're saying. Neil and Terry Pratchett. That's a combo. Rest book. in peace. Um, we haven't even gotten, I haven't read American Gods or Good Omens, and I have mm-hmm. not seen American Gods, so mm-hmm. I guess I need to get on the bandwagon with these. Have you read any Neil Gaiman? I've read a couple. I've read Stardust, and I read, mm. um, the one that takes place in London. Okay. What's that one? No idea. Shit. I don't remember. And then I read Coraline, mm-hmm. which I've never actually seen the movie, but I read Coraline. Um, I'm going to look up that, hold on. What's that other one? I, what's that other one I've read? I read The Ocean at the End of the Lane, not the that one. Dare? No, what's it called? Uh, Neverwhere. 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 <laughs> Neverwhere. I've read that one as well. Okay. Um, I've, I've given them all Bs. So, yeah. meaning they're fine, but I'm not obsessed with them. And Neil's going to be a guest on the podcast coming. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Um, so, yeah, I guess I need to read those before I get excited about any of the uh, the upcoming things. Um, Do you have anything? We we mentioned a tennis movie last week. There yeah. was another tennis movie. Okay. McEnroe versus Borg. Okay. What a dick. Is Shia, that why he's being a dick lately? He wants to get some media attention? Probably. Shia LaBeouf playing John McEnroe. All right. I believe you. Saw the trailer. It's basically just one point of tennis. Not much... Trailers, I just hate all trailers. It's going to be I like think. your terrible for love of the game thing where it's actually five minutes with like a thousand flashbacks. Probably. <laughs> Um, so that one looked okay, and the other headline that caught my interest was Ed Sheeran saying he's ready for a biopic to be made of him. I feel like it's a little quick. Hmm. Like, I know he's on, like, what, third album? Like, he's running out of mathematical symbols to use. Like, he'll have percent. He's gonna... What else is he gonna have? Uh, imaginary, maybe? What's the one with an integer... No, wait, what's the one with an I? Integral? Yeah, an integral. I know math. Maths. Maths. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just feel like fraction. it's a smidge too the next early. next one's going to be Fraction. Can we maybe link people to the Graham Norton show where um, Ed Sheeran was on and one of his childhood friends showed up on the screen and he yes, didn't did like, oh, hey, recognize him? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, hey, yeah, it's yeah, sausage weird. at your house. Um, anyways, so we'll That's see good, about that. Um, good Connect. Was that your last one? Yeah. To make sure you check out Twitter, I do mm. spend a little bit of time putting the links that we talk about on there. So if you're curious about anything we talked about, it, it either already is or will shortly be on our Twitter. Yeah. So have a look at that. Um, it's give us at a follow. DD Get Down. Probably tell the people where it's at. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my Twitter is at Heather324. If you would like to follow me, um, please leave me alone on Twitter. I'm just like Damon Lindelof. I can't handle it. Oh, too much pressure. It's too much for you. Um, Otherwise, we will see you guys next week. Yeah, thanks for getting down under with us. We may not be able to use that joke for too much longer. Save it for next week. Okay. Um, good news is is that fantasy we baseball. Did good news, bad news. Fantasy baseball hours back. Stay no. tuned after the break. Okay. Bye.